0: Okay, so we're in Session 2 in your notes, Person and work of the Spirit. Just before we do, um, we've got a resource table down the back, so just check out some things on that. Let me just tell you a few things. We've got a brand new series out. It's available in CD and DVD. There's two discs in each series, two messages, and this is called Breakthrough Prayer. And, uh, you know, there's so many Christians that need breakthrough but don't know how to get it. So one of the messages is called Prayer That Opens Heaven. So when you're under an open heaven, it's like stuff happens really easily. You know, answers to prayer come, breakthroughs come. But how do you get an open heaven? There's a certain type of prayer that brings an open heaven. Uh, So we discuss the three types of prayer and what the one type is that will open heaven over our lives, over our city and nation. Then there's another message, keys for breakthrough, just how you receive, um, you know, how you can position for that. And so those are two great messages. Also, these are really volatile times. You sense like there's been a, you know, just an increase of spiritual activity around the world, both good and bad. And uh, these are just amazing times. We need to understand the times and seasons because I think there's a test from God right now on the church. And basically the test is the world is pretty negative right now. There's a negative global environment. There's so much happening, the media championing the negative stuff. And I think there's a little test. Are we going to come under that and get discouraged? Or are we going to have an understanding of what heaven is saying, what God is saying? We're going to know the times and seasons so that we could actually be strong in faith. So this series is available, Times and Seasons. And uh, there's one message called The Song of Freedom. I talk in that about the season that the world is going into as opposed to the season God is bringing the church into, and so uh, have a look at that. And then, the the second message talks about why I believe there is a great move of the Spirit coming to the Western world, and uh, we need to understand that and be in faith about it. So have a look at that, and then uh, there's also a few copies of uh, my first book, Hope: Finding a Gateway to a Better Future, and uh, I, th- you know, this is a bit of a handbook on hope because. talking with Pastor Don over dinner and, you know, New Zealand has the highest youth suicide rate of any of the developed nations in the world per, per head. And that means there's something seriously wrong in our Western society. And in a lot of developed nations, there's a high youth suicide rate. And it's because our young people are growing up without hope. And we've got, to ha- we've got to know what hope is, what biblical hope is, how you can have it, how you can stimulate its growth, uh, you know, how you can handle the loss of it and get it back. Uh, so this book talks about that. It talks about Hosea 2:15, "I will transform the valley of Trouble into gateways of hope." So it gives keys on how, if you're going through any trouble, how God always wants to turn that trouble into a gateway of hope. So I feel to give that one away. Anyone like that? Um, it, it, you'd like it. There you go. Enjoy. And um, how many were disappointed you didn't get a free copy? Let me see. Okay, you just go and buy one, and the spirit of disappointment lifts off you. It's just that, that simple. All right, so go for it. And I think, Penny, are you looking after that tonight? Yeah, thank you. Uh, Don said you were, so anyway, you're right. And someone else will be looking after it tomorrow, um, and you can just check it out. And I think there's FPOS as well, isn't there? So. Uh... Acts two seventeen and 18. In the last days, God said, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. In those days, I will pour out my spirit upon all my servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy. I'd like to announce I'm still having many more visions than dreams. And that's really good news. Hallelujah. Your young men will see visions. How your dream life there, Don? It's great. You, got a, you having a lot of dreams? Yeah, lots of dreams and proud of it. All right, that's good. Senior citizen, Don, that's cool. Um, But anyway, all this to say, the last days are defined by theologians as a spirit of mischief around the front. I I don't think it's me. I just think I've walked into it. And uh, um, the last days are defined as the time between Jesus' first coming and his second coming. So we've been in these last days for 2,000 years. And so, you know, the last of the last days obviously will be exciting and challenging. But all that to say, really, we have been in an era of the Holy Spirit the last 2,000 years. This is the great age of the Holy Spirit. And, um, you know, in the old covenant, it wasn't an age of the Spirit. The Spirit was active. But in the New Testament, it's the age of the Holy Spirit. Now, if that's true, the tragedy is to many Christians, the Holy Spirit's a stranger. We don't even know him. And yet he was the key to Jesus' success. If you read in Acts 10.38, it says, No doubt you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. And then Jesus went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. So if Peter's summarizing in Acts 10.38, he's summarizing the ministry of Jesus. And he basically says, this is it. This is the key he was anointed with the Holy Spirit and power and he went around doing good and healing all oppressed of the devil. If, you, uh, if you're going to do anything in life for the kingdom of God, run a kingdom business, have a kingdom vocation, uh, have a ministry, uh, influence people for Jesus, have any kind of kingdom influence in your sphere, the secret is that you and I must be anointed with the Holy Spirit and power. There's no other way. There's no other way to really do good in this world. There's no other way to heal those oppressed of the devil. And the church has got to get a hold again of this mighty uh, anointing of the Holy Spirit and power that Jesus had. And notice it says that Jesus was anointed with the Spirit and power. So it's not just power. Because a lot of times we think the Holy Spirit is a power to get a hold of and use. But in reality, he's an amazing person that wants to get a hold of us and use us. And how you see that is going to really determine how you walk with the Holy Spirit. If you understand, He's the person that's getting hold of you. If you're available, if you're willing, if you're open, wants to fill you, wants to cause you to overflow. He's the most misunderstood person of the Trinity is the Holy Spirit. We understand Father because we know about fathers. We understand Jesus because he came as the Son of Man and he walked among us in flesh and blood reality and we read about him in the Gospels so we we can relate to Jesus. But the Holy Spirit, he's nebulous, he's mystical, he's a spirit. So how do you relate to uh, the Holy Spirit? And Alistair McGrath, a contemporary theologian, says the Holy Spirit has long been the Cinderella of the Trinity. He just gets the bottom place in our minds. Reese Howes, those of you who have seen the movie Dunkirk, anyone seen that movie? And uh, you you might want to go and see it. It's a great movie about the miracle of Dunkirk, uh, the miracle of 340,000 soldiers being rescued off a French beach and taken to England. It was an amazing miracle. What that movie doesn't tell you is that, A, the king of England called the whole nation to prayer, And churches up and down the land were filled with praying people. And secondly, there was a a Welshman called Rhys Howes who had an intercessory team praying 24-7 throughout World War II and especially around Dunkirk. And the the reason they saw that miracle was because of the prayer. Anyway, Rhys Howes, this amazing intercessor... You can Google him, you'll get some information on him. He said this, it's strange that the church knows more about a Savior who was on earth for 33 years than the Holy Spirit who's been here 2,000 years. And he wasn't trying to put Jesus down because he honored Jesus, he loved Jesus. But it's true that there are many, for many Christians, the Holy Spirit is a stranger. And I think we want to break that up tonight and talk about who he is and what he does. He's going to quickly talk about a couple of features of who he is. Number one, the Holy Spirit is fully God. He's the third member of the Trinity. He's not less than the Father. Often we think of the Trinity like a pyramid or a totem pole. And, you know, Father's on top, Jesus in the middle, Holy Spirit, poor Holy Spirit got the bottom place. It's not like that at all. Think of a round table. And you've got three chairs and Father, Son and Holy Spirit are sitting in these chairs and they're all co-equally God. One God manifesting in three persons. And Jesus looks over at the Father and he says, Father, I'm going to submit everything I am and all that I do, I'm going to submit it to your will. And the Father greatly honors Jesus, gives him the highest place of all. And then the Holy Spirit looks over at the Father and Jesus and says, Father and Jesus, I am going to completely serve your joint will. I will carry out in the universe everything that you decide. And so he's the servant member of the, the executive member of the Trinity. And if you like to think of it, this is how the, the Trinity works. The Father wills it, Jesus speaks it, and the Holy Spirit does it. You might want to fill that in in your notes. Think about creation. It says the earth was formless and empty. There was darkness over the face of the deep. Water covered the surface of the earth. It says the Holy Spirit was hovering over the earth. And he was hovering waiting. And what was he waiting for? He was waiting for a command to come out of heaven. And in heaven, Father thinks light. The moment he thinks light, he wills it into existence because he is light. And Jesus, who knows the mind and heart of the Father, senses the Father willing light into being. And Jesus, who is the Word, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God and the Word was God and all things were created through the Word. Jesus speaks the will of the Father as a word, let there be light. And the Holy Spirit hears that command, let there be light, and he creates it because he executes the will of the father and the son and that's how the holy that's how the holy spirit works he is In your life, executing or carrying out the will of the Father and the Son for your life, for your family, for your kids, for your grandkids, for your vocation, for your ministry, for whatever it is in your life, the Father has wonderful purposes. We're going to talk about the Father's love first session tomorrow morning, how amazing that is. He has these amazing purposes for everybody. Jesus wants the will of the Father to be carried out in our lives and the Holy Spirit has been sent into our lives to indwell us, to be upon us, and to walk alongside us to carry out the will of the Father and the Son. All He needs is our cooperation and our obedience, and He'll do that. That's how it works. Secondly, the Holy Spirit is a person. He's fully God. He's a person. John 14, 16 to 17 says, I'll ask the Father. He'll give you another counselor who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world at large cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him, but you do because he lives with you now and later will be in you. Notice Jesus called the Holy Spirit a him, not an it. So he's a person. He says, I'm going to ask the Father to give you another counselor. That word another in the Greek is alos. It means another of the same sort. Heteros could have been used, another of a different sort, but Jesus Well, he's speaking Aramaic. This was translated into Greek. What does that mean? It means that the Holy Spirit is exactly like Jesus. He's another comforter and counselor of the same sort as me. That's what Jesus is really saying. So when the Holy Spirit is present among us, as he was tonight in the worship time, as he was when people were being ministered to, it's exactly like Jesus is present. When the Holy Spirit reveals truth to you, like you're going to have revelation, revelation, Tonight, you know, as as Greta's been teaching, as I'm teaching, as we go through the seminar tomorrow, there will be revelation. You'll be thinking like, I never knew that. Oh, I've never seen it like that before. That's called revelation. And who does that? Holy Spirit does. When he reveals truth to you, it's exactly like Jesus is teaching you. When the Holy Spirit heals a sick person, and we're going to be believing God for healings and miracles tomorrow, when we teach on healing and we allow opportunity for prayer for healing, uh, when the Holy Spirit heals a sick person, it's exactly like Jesus. Healing. He's so like Jesus that the book of Acts calls him the spirit of Jesus in one place. And yet he's distinct from Jesus, but he exactly represents Jesus because Jesus is in a glorified body and he's sitting at the right hand of the father. So it's his spirit that's at work in the earth because the Holy Spirit can be everywhere at once. He's not confined to a body and that's to our advantage. So he's a beautiful person. What does he do? What does the Holy Spirit do? Uh, well, before we look at what he does in the church, let's look at what he does in the world. John 16.8 says he convicts the world of sin, it's their unbelief in Christ, righteousness that is available through Christ, and the judgment to come. So the Holy Spirit works on people to tell them that they are actually sinners that need a Savior, that there's righteousness available in Jesus Christ, and he's the only way to God, and that there's a judgment day coming. There is eternity And it is out there and there will be a judgment day to determine whether we're going to spend eternity in heaven or eternity in hell. And the Holy Spirit wants people of the world to know that so they can avoid hell and receive the mercy of God's forgiveness and be convicted that Jesus has died in their place. That's his job. And the reason you're in the kingdom tonight is that the Holy Spirit drew you. Yes, somebody prayed for you, somebody may have witnessed to you, somebody might have invited you to church and you responded on the older call, but effectively it was the Holy Spirit that was drawing you, wooing you, romancing you to Christ. We were in Northampton a few years ago in in England and... we're running one of these schools of the Holy Spirit. And there's a guy there, and he gets mightily baptized in the Spirit, starts speaking in tongues. Then at the end of the session, the Holy Spirit comes, and he's up, and he gets prayed for, he gets slam dunked. And he falls on the floor under the power of God. The next day, he gets healed of a 10-year-old knee condition. And then in the afternoon, as we're teaching on the prophetic, he prophesies for the first time in his life. And, and you know, he's so excited, and he's telling us all the things that have happened to him at the end of the seminar and the pastor's just smiling and I I, you know when he walks off I said what are you smiling about he said well he said two months ago that man was an atheist and his wife had been praying for him for years trying to get him to church finally he came and he got saved and now all this has happened to him Like two months ago, he's an atheist. Now he's full of the Spirit, speaking in tongues. He's been healed. He's prophesying. That's what the Holy Spirit does. Now, I wish all the stories were that fast, don't you? But remember, his wife prayed for him for years. Years. See, if you're going to have a suddenly, there's got to be a steadily first. Got to be a commitment to walking steadily in prayer. And the Holy Spirit is an expert at that. That's why you, when you're praying for a lost person, you can be confident. It's not just all your prayers. It's the work of the Holy Spirit. And if you just keep praying, keep showing love, keep witnessing as you have opportunity, eventually something will happen because the fervent prayers of righteous people are powerful and effective. And your prayers facilitate the Holy Spirit to so work in a person's life that they will come to that place of of receiving Jesus. Remember being on a plane once, there's a guy sitting next to me, and I don't do this on every flight, but this particular time I said, Holy Spirit, is there something that I could share with this man that would kind of pique his interest in spiritual things? And straight away the name Michael came into my head and uh, and, and with the sense that that name meant something to this guy. And, uh, and we'll talk in the prophetic session tomorrow after lunch just how you hear from God. And... Um, and so just when there was an opportunity, we struck up a conversation. And partway through, I said, oh, I said, um, I, said I get the name Michael. Is, is, uh, is there somebody in your life that's important to you called Michael? He said, yes, my brother's called Michael. I said, and then I got this prophetic word. I said, well, listen, I, I, I'm a Christian. God is telling me that um, things are going to be great for Michael. You don't have to worry about him. He said, that's amazing. Michael's been living in Australia 20 years, and now he's returning to England. He's a British guy. And, and, you know, he needs a job, and he needs a house. Wow, that's so amazing. And then he says this. He says, you know, my wife's a full-on Christian. I didn't say anything that I was a full-on Christian. He just convicted right there on the spot, convicted. I said, well, do you think maybe God wants you to be a full-on Christian? He said, well, I'm a treasurer in my local church. He, he went to the Catholic church. He was the treasurer. And I tried, had to explain the difference between kind of, you know, being born again and being religious. And we did that. But, you know, as we got off the plane, eventually, he, he just said, thank you so much. I can't wait to get to the phone and phone Michael and tell him what's happened. And, you know, the Holy Spirit just did this amazing thing of convicting this guy. And um, he's just really good at doing that. What does he do in the church? That's what he does in the world. Like that's a really big job um, that the Father and Jesus have sent him to do. What does he do in the church? Well, he does three main things. He brings presence, he brings purity, and he brings power. And there are all the scriptures there that you can read. He ministers the presence of Jesus to the church. He he seeks to bring purity into our lives because he is the Holy Spirit. And he releases power that we could help extend the kingdom of God on earth. And that power is released in a couple of ways. It's released through both gifts and manifestations. Now, the Bible students will know that the Apostle Paul uses the word manifestations interchangeably with gifts, but I'm going to use the two words a little differently tonight. Let's talk briefly about the gifts of the Spirit. There are nine of them. What are they, please? Call them out. Knowledge, yep. Wisdom. Faith, sorry, uh, love is a fruit. Tongues, interpretation, yeah, what else? Faith, gift of faith, Yep. The healings, they're actually in your notes. This doesn't take a rocket science to call them out. Miracles and, you know, discernment, the whole deal. Okay, if you can read, they're there. And um, I like to think that the gifts are like the electrical appliances of the spiritual realm. So you think of this building tonight, we've got electrical cabling in the walls and uh, so the building's wired for electricity but really that does us no good until you plug in an appliance. So you plug in lights, you hook up lights, we get light. You plug in a sound system, we get amplification. You plug in a projector, we get visual. Plug in musical instruments, we get music. So the electrical appliances convert the electricity in the walls into some benefit. I can say I'm a spiritful believer till I'm blue in the face, but that does nobody any good until I plug in a spiritual gift that will then bless somebody else. So you might be just going around your daily work, you know, at home or at work, and suddenly you keep thinking about your friend Jack and you don't know why you keep thinking about Jack, and you can dismiss that, or you might say, oh, I must be meant to pray for Jack, or why don't you go a step further, and why don't you say, Holy Spirit, maybe Jack needs some encouragement. Could we plug in a prophetic word? Could you give me a word of encouragement for my friend Jack? And maybe something comes. We'll talk about how prophetic words come tomorrow after lunch. And then maybe you text him or Facebook him or email him and you share this thing and he's encouraged. Or you could could turn up at work Monday morning and your workmate is limping in to work. And you say, what did you do? I was up the ladder on Saturday trying to clean out the gutter and I fell off it and I wrenched my knee. And you, you've got one or two choices. You could say, oh, I'm sorry to hear that and carry on with your day. Or you can quietly say, Holy Spirit, could we plug in a gift of healing here? And so you could say to your non-Christian workmate, uh, look, I'm a Christian and believe Jesus heals. Would you like me to pray? Most people won't turn you down for prayer. And tomorrow we'll teach on how to pray for the sick and see them healed. And and so you can do that and maybe you'll see a healing take place and that will just Saying, wow, you know, that's and uh, you know, God really sometimes heals non Christians quicker than He does Christians. It's a weird thing, it's evangelistic healing as opposed to pastoral healing. Had an electrical engineer in Australia tell me that he got a download for a circuit diagram, it was like a word of knowledge. Came in the form of a picture and a diagram, and he sh- and he drew it out and he showed it to fellow engineers. They said, "Oh, we've never seen anything like that. That won't work." He said, "Well, let's build it and see." They built it. It was the most amazing circuit they'd ever seen. We can't believe this works. Where did you get the idea for this? Because he got it from heaven. And uh, I remember a businessman turning up one day for dinner. He said, "I just had a dream last night that'll make me twelve million dollars." I said, "What is it?" He said, "I'm not telling you." And uh, and it was, and he has. He, he marketed this amazing thing and it's made him millions of dollars and he's a, he's a great Christian businessman. He just plows it back into the kingdom of God. You know, the Holy Spirit wants to give us a whole lot of stuff. If you want to know more teaching on that, on the cover of your manual is our website address. And if you go to our website, spiritlife.org.nz, and you click on media, you'll find there's some video teachings. There's four video teachings, about 12 minutes long, on all the gifts of the spirit so if you want to learn more about the gifts of the spirit you can access that um, on our website so that's uh, all I've got to say about that number two manifestations Uh, these can be unusual but accomplish many good things in our lives anyone ever touched a live electrical wire okay well it's pretty stupid why did you do that but you know when you do it well you know you sometimes you get out of a car and you've built up static electricity and it discharges and you get this jolt or you you touch a wire and you get a jolt you know you touch electricity there's a reaction and sometimes when the power of the holy spirit is coming on someone there can be a physical reaction and if we don't understand what the lord is doing we will assess it as rather weird And the moment you label something as weird because you don't understand it, you actually shut down the activity of the Spirit in your life or in your congregation. And so, you know, and sometimes people do do weird things. The power of God comes on them. But mostly I find the Holy Spirit, He's never doing weird, but He does do unusual and sometimes these manifestations are unusual. But if we understand what God is up to, we'll discover there's a reason. You know, we've seen people start laughing their heads off. The power of God comes on them. And it's like, you know, a bunch of people, they'll, they'll maybe we've seen it like the zone on the older course. like in that zone, people start laughing their heads off. Or maybe it's just individuals. You say, what is happening there? What, what are they laughing for? No one's told them a joke. They just suddenly, spontaneously start laughing when the power of God comes on them. Well, the Bible says a merry heart does good like a medicine. You know what scientists have discovered? If you will have a good laugh every day for three or four minutes, you'll actually prolong your life by a year or two. Because when you laugh, your body secretes beneficial chemicals into your bloodstream and your cells get bathed in goodness. By the same token, when you're moaning and complaining and you're miserable and you're grumpy, the opposite happens. So God knows sometimes his kids need to cheer up and he will give that gift of Holy Spirit laughter. My first wife was in a wheelchair for 21 years and for the last 16 years of her life, I was her full-time caregiver. And about a couple of years into this full-time caregiving, I was getting worn out. And I said, Lord, I do not know how to go on in this. And I remember going to church one Sunday night and um, we were praying for hundreds of people uh, to receive a touch from the Holy Spirit. And we prayed our little hearts out. Then our senior pastor said, all right, all the prayers, we're going to now pray for you. So we got prayed for. I went down on the floor. There was a Nigerian pastor next to me. He went down on the floor. We both started laughing our heads off. And we did that for about 15 minutes. Not only that, we were laughing so hard we were rolling on the floor. I understood why the early Pentecostals were called Holy Rollers after that. I never knew why. Now I get that. I understand that. Like, Why were they called Holy Rollers? Now I get it. We were, we we're laughing so hard we were rolling. But you know what? When it lifted off, I got up off the floor. I felt as light as a feather. I thought, wow, I feel so refreshed. Now, I had to learn to soak in God's presence for myself, which I did do. But that night, just God just broke something of the weariness, the tiredness. It wasn't just physical tiredness. It was tiredness of soul. And God just broke something and lifted that off me and brought refreshing. So sometimes you see a person starting to laugh. You know, don't think it's weird. God, just say, Father, thank you. You're refreshing one of your kids. That is so cool. You know, when you honor what God is doing, you open your life for Him to touch you. When you dishonor what God is doing in someone because you don't understand it, you think it's strange, you're actually making it difficult for the Holy Spirit to touch your life. What are the, some of the other things that we've seen? We've seen people start shaking; they just start trembling when the power of God comes on them. And the Bible says we tremble at His word and we tremble at His presence. And often, when we see people trembling, we kind of know they're going to get a they're going to get a real increase of the prophetic in their life. There's going to be an increase of revelation of the word, increase of hearing the voice of God because it's connected to His presence. It's connected to His word. There's a purpose behind that. We see people people groaning like they double over. Oh, and and that's an intense form of intercession. Romans 8.26 says the Spirit intercedes um, for us with groans too deep for human words. It's a very intense form of intercession. And it can come upon a person. And I look at it and think, wow, God, you're going to birth something in their lives or in their family. You know, that, that, that gift of intercession that may lift off and may not continue like that. We see people crying. and The presence of God comes on them and they're crying. They might be tears of relief, tears of joy, might be tears that God is healing them of sadness and they're just getting that release. Um, we see people fall over. How many have seen people fall over under the power of God? Do you know what God is doing when that happens? What he's doing is that when you, when you, when the power of God is on you so that you, you find it hard to stand up, and we'll always have a catcher behind, okay? and we'll never push anybody, by the way. Don't believe in that. Either God does it or he doesn't. Uh, when someone goes down on the floor, that is a position of humility and rest. And when you're in a position of humility and in a position of rest, sometimes God will do deep surgery in you. Uh, and here's my advice, if you do go down on the floor, stay down. Stay down five, ten minutes. Don't get up too quick. If you get up too quick, all you've had is an experience of falling down. And that will not change you. But when you stay down, you may have an encounter with God. Encounters change us, experiences may not. And, and you know, I've seen people, they on the floor, they... We, Just resting, soaking in God's presence is another term we use. And God is just ministering his love or ministering his grace to them. He's just doing something deep in their lives. They get up and they go, wow, I've really met with God. And um, not everybody falls over. And it doesn't mean that you're less spiritual if you don't. Because you can have a shower standing up or a bath lying down. Is that right? And so you can receive standing up as well. But often we'll come and pray. And if you're standing there, um, just receive. Just soak in his presence. Five minutes or so, you know, just allow God to minister to you. If you feel the power of God pushing you back, don't resist that. Because we see people fighting it. I will not fall. I will not fall. And they backpedal. And I'm thinking like, ah, what a shame. You're resisting the work of the Spirit. Because it's your Pride. Now, sometimes elderly people are nervous about falling down. And if you're like that, just tell us and we'll get a seat. And, we, you know, you can just fall back into the seat because I do understand that. But, you know, don't let it be pride. Don't let it be, oh, I'm not falling down. Blow that. Don't understand what that's about. Don't let it be pride or ignorance that blocks what the Holy Spirit wants to do in your life. Yes, honey, Please. I
1: just want to give you a quick example of a very elderly lady who'd come to church. And we weren't even praying. Um, We were were having a Holy Spirit night. And she came forward. And I barely laid hands on her. And the power of the Holy Spirit, she went falling over. And she told us the story afterwards. She was very afraid of falling over. Because she had just had a dreadful accident, she had fractured ribs, she was covered in bruises, she had a black iron injured elbow and another injured knee, so she was in a great deal of pain. But listen to this, she went down immediately under the power of God, and do you know, when she got up, the Lord had miraculously completely healed her and all the pain was gone. So don't be afraid of falling over. God knows what He's doing.
0: Which leads to the next point that some, when the power of God comes on people, they can get healed. We've seen so many people healed. Uh, we didn't even pray for healing. They just God touched them. Maybe they went on the floor. They got up. Oh, my pain's gone. We've had testimony after testimony of that uh, of people being healed just under the power of God. People can have visions, they can see into the spiritual realm, they might see angels, they might see into heaven, they might see pictures of things. Others feel heat or fire burning in their body. It's like, oh, my hands are hot or my head is hot or some part of their body gets really hot. It's like a sign of the fire of God being released. It could be a fire of a purification, it could be a fire of passion for Jesus, it could be a fire of boldness, it'll manifest as some kind of fruit, but you know, don't think of it as entertainment, think like, okay, I'm feeling this heat, what are you trying to say to me, God? Why am I feeling this fire in me right now? And just ask the Holy Spirit, and he'll probably zero in on what the reason is. Some people feel an angelic presence, they may feel a wind blowing on your face, some get oil on their hands, we've seen that. Uh, some start smelling the presence of the Lord like a fragrance or sometimes people smell smoke um, in, in the meetings because uh, the, the fire's being released. And we've been in this church, I think five years ago, where a whole lot of gemstones started appearing on the carpet. Here in this church. And I, I remember one young Maori boy, he was like, He was on his face, and there's about five of these little gemstones appeared in front of him. He didn't know what to do with himself. He said, what is going on? What is going on? And, you know, God so got him. He's now pastoring a church down in Kaiwaka, and he's on fire for Jesus because he had an unusual encounter with the Holy Spirit. We just said to him, God considers you precious, son. He's just giving you a sign that you're precious to him. And we could talk a lot about... These gemstones and gold dust and all that stuff. And we, you know, some people think it's all weird. But if you understand there's a reason behind everything, um, then, you know, God can can work. You know, the greatest manifestation of the power of the Holy Spirit coming on people is a greater love for Jesus and power to be his witness. That's the greatest. You know, some people feel nothing when they're prayed for, um, but then later on, they discover something's changed. A bit like the statistics that Greta read out, you know, a bunch of people felt nothing at the time. They were prayed for for the baptism of the Spirit. Let that be an encouragement to some of you may not have felt anything. But later on, they notice, wow, something's changed in my life. I'm different. And um, I remember one lady... W- apparently she'd been prayed for and we went back to the same church a couple of months later and she said you know you told us to stay down on the floor yeah I said well I fell on the floor and I stayed down 15 minutes I didn't feel a thing and I I thought to myself but you had a good rest that was good and um and but then she said this to me she said you know I got up off the floor disappointed I felt like nothing had happened but two days later Our family hit a major crisis. And from somewhere within me came the strength and the wisdom to deal with it. And we just got through it. I'm convinced God gave it to me on the floor. Even though I didn't feel a thing, something got imparted. And that's true. It's not by feeling. Praise God when you feel power, but many times you don't. But you just receive in faith. And I love Exodus 3 verse 4, the story of the burning bush. And it just, here's this bush that burns, but... It's not consumed. Moses goes over to see it. And Exodus 3 verse 4 says, When the Lord saw that he had caught Moses' attention, God called to him from the bush. When a manifestation of the Holy Spirit's power comes upon you, God's trying to get your attention. And if you'll say, Holy Spirit, what's happening now? What, you know, what are you trying to do? You might just hear his voice. I was at a conference, prayed for, went down on the floor, and I'm waving both arms in the air like this. And I'm thinking, Lord, everyone's going to think I'm strange. What am I doing? And, uh, and the straight away, the Holy Spirit says, fan into flame the gifts that are in you. 2 Timothy 1.6. I know the scripture, but God was giving me a prophetic action to go with the verse so I'd never forget it. And I've never forgotten it because I remember that incident. Fan into flame the gifts that are in you. Through the laying on of hands. We're going to lay hands on a lot of people tonight. And we are believing God to impart stuff into your life that you need. You just got to be in a place of faith. Not hope. Oh, I hope something will happen. Faith. I am believing God. And if you have faith and if the other ingredient is hunger, you'll receive. Now, here's a warning. When people turn their eyes off the Lord... And just onto the manifestations, we can become self-indulgent and manifestations just become another form of entertainment. And then what does God do for an encore when you're tired of seeing people fall over? Oh, well, we've seen that before. You know, can't you do something new, Lord? And when we have that attitude, it dishonors Him. And I, I, you know... We have friends that worked with John and Carol Arnott in the Toronto church, that great, where that great move of God came out of. And they said this about John and Carol Arnott. They stayed in awe and wonder of all the things that God was doing. You know, my friend said that often, she'd often hear John and Carol say, oh, look at that, there's someone under the power of God. They'd probably seen it a thousand times. Isn't that wonderful? And because they weren't judging it, oh, I've seen it all before, but they were in awe. God just kept increasing. You want to see the Spirit of God move in this church? Stay in awe of what He does do. Be thankful for what He does. Even if you don't understand it, never make an assessment. That's weird. If you're, un- if you're not sure about something, say, Holy Spirit, what are you doing there? But never make a judgment. Oh, that's weird. I don't like that. Because you'll shut down the work of the Spirit in your life. And the Holy Spirit is so gracious. He wants to do so much in our lives. In summary, what the Holy Spirit does is He ministers the presence of Jesus to the church in purity and power. We've got a diagram coming up on the screen. You can just fill it in. And then we'll just talk to that in a moment. So if you just look up at the diagram for a minute, a lot of us would start praying on the right-hand side of the diagram. We would, start, we would pray things like, um, Lord, I pray you'll purify my life. Good prayer. Manifest in me the fruit of your spirit. Uh, Lord, I need power in my life. Please, would you empower me? Would you release gifts through me? Uh, that is not wrong praying. That is, that is okay praying. But you know what a better prayer is? Start praying on the left. Holy Spirit, help me to know you as a person. Help me to get to understand you. Reveal yourself to me. Let me know more of your presence. And you know, if you go after person and presence, you'll get purity and power. If if you go after purity without the person, you could get legalism. Because all you end up with is rules for holy living. If you go after power without the person, you can just get a swollen head. God will use you. Power will flow. But if you've got the person... It anchors you in humility and in grace. If you've got the person as well as the purity, you'll have a joy. You won't impose your purity on others. You'll just let your light of your purity shine out. And others will say, wow, God's doing a lovely thing in their lives. I want some of that. It starts with knowing him as a person. 2 Corinthians 13, 13 says, May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. A powerful scripture that really defines who God is. If you want to know who the Father is, the word is love. Love defines the Father. If you want to know who Jesus is, grace. Grace defines Jesus. He died in our place. How gracious is that? While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. But if you want the word that defines the Holy Spirit, it's fellowship. And that's an old-fashioned word. And in the 21st century, we could replace it with these two words, companionship and partnership. The Holy Spirit wants to be your companion. Don't you like that little cat? Doesn't he look happy? He looks so happy. And, you know, we're, we're meant to fellowship with the Holy Spirit to bring joy and gladness into our lives. He's our, compa- our partner. He's our companion. He wants to partner with you in business, partner with you in the workplace, partner with you in building a marriage, raising kids on the sports field. He just wants to partner with you in all of life. And he's your companion. You know, when, when Greta lost her husband, Ron, when I lost my first husband, Jane, they went to heaven. Big pattern, My wife. What did I say? Yeah, it's tired. It's kind of, it's all those jelly beans Don gave me for dinner. And uh, <laughs> my wife. Yeah, right. Okay. Well, you know, when we lost our spouses, um, settle down front row, settle down. When we lost our spouses, we found that the Holy Spirit was our companion. He was our comforter. He really walked us through that time. And those of you who've lost loved ones, you'll know he did it for you, didn't he? He walked alongside of you. He helped you through that because he's a great companion. He's a great partner. And this wonderful Holy Spirit, you know, he's just waiting to reveal more of himself to you and me. And if you're just a little bit hungry to know more of him, wow, you're going to receive tonight. So what we're going to do in a moment, we're going to, if the music team would like to come and get ready, guys, we'll sing that song, Holy Spirit, you're welcome, that we, the last one we sung. And we're going to make this a real prayer to the Lord tonight as we sing it. And, uh, and then at the end of the song, Greta and I are going to come back and we're going to ask the Holy Spirit to release His presence and His power tonight. And I believe some power is going to come out of heaven upon our lives. And I don't know what that's going to look like for you it could be different for different people but all I know is that God knows what you need tonight and may may he meet you at your point of need may he minister to you according to what you want and all you've got to do is have two ingredients one is faith as greater and I release his anointing you're going to say Lord I believe to receive whether I feel anything or not I'm believing and the other is hunger you just hunger God, I'm I'm desperate for something tonight. I am hungry for your presence tonight. You know, according to the level of your hunger, may it be unto you. And so let's be hungry tonight, amen. For the Holy Spirit to come. Let's stand to our feet. Thanks, guys, if you want to lead us. That'd be great.
2: Nothing can compare Your living hope Your presence I our destiny. Because free and my shame is sad.
0: the splendor of his presence and uh, you know God is gonna he's already touching people in this place tonight why don't you just lift your hands to the Lord like you're gonna receive a gift out of heaven father wants to give the gift of his Holy Spirit the power and the manifestations of his spirit tonight I know there's a lot of people in this room you need a fresh encounter with the Holy Spirit of love and grace. Tonight's your night. Just as you lift your hands to the Lord, Holy Spirit, we honor your amazing presence in this place. Thank you. This is a church that honors you, that Lord acknowledges you, and Holy Spirit, we just declare you are the Lord that Jesus has sent into the earth. You are the gift of the Father that Jesus has poured out. And so, Holy Spirit, would you come And make Jesus real tonight. Holy Spirit, would you fall in this place? We're just going to release His anointing in these next moments. Attract that to yourself by your hunger, by your faith.
1: In the name of Jesus, I release the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Receive His anointing. Holy Spirit, come. Touch every person. Then with the presence of Jesus, manifest the presence of Jesus. Oh, more, Holy Spirit, more. Increase, increase, increase. Touch. More. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Those weary souls, the rain of the Spirit is falling upon you, bringing
0: spirit often comes in waves and i can see a wave that's touching a number of people already but we just hang in there and uh, you know if you're being touched just keep soaking in that Um, but holy spirit more all over this room more more of your presence more of your power more of your glory right now lord i pray come like a wind there's some dry people in the room and the holy spirit wants to blow on you that you know he blowed on the dry bones The dry bones became a living army. And I feel like there's dry bones in the room tonight. And I break the power of the drought in your life. And I say, let the wind of the Spirit be released to bring resurrection life to you. And may the rain of the Spirit fall upon the dry places of your heart. May He rain refreshing. And may He lift the weariness off you. May He lift the tiredness off you. May He lift the dryness off you. We break that. Lord, release your wind and your rain. Tonight, I pray in the name of Jesus. All over this room. Thank you, Holy Spirit.
1: Holy Spirit, come with your fire. I receive His fire. Holy Spirit, let your fire fall with such a burning a greater passion for Jesus, the fire of your power. Some of you need to be empowered to stand up and rise up victorious. Receive the fire of His, his power right now in Jesus' name.
0: Spirit of God, release vision all through this room. Let eyes be open. Let ears be open. I feel like the Lord is going to give a gift of vision to people. Uh, You're going to see into the spiritual realm more than you've ever done. You're going to hear His voice. Uh, It's like God's going to make clear to you your pathway, your destiny, the thing that He wants you to do in following Him. I release that revelatory spirit, spirit of revelation all through this room. We release that revelation. We release it to you, a spirit of revelation, that prophetic spirit. Let it come upon you right now in the name of Jesus.
1: That revelatory anointing is increasing, and especially a revelation of Jesus. We release that. Receive it in Jesus' name. Thank
0: you, Lord. Just another wave, Holy Spirit. Just come. Just come. Release your joy, Lord. Release your joy in this place. Those that have been sad, those that have been downcast, lift them up. Those that have been weary. We release the joy of the Holy Spirit all through this room in the name of Jesus. Now, there are numbers of you that are being touched by the Holy Spirit. Uh, You are physically or tangibly sensing God's presence on you at the moment. Maybe you're trembling. Maybe you're feeling that fire. Maybe you're shaking, finding it hard to stand up. Maybe there's been some other way that we haven't even described that you've been feeling God's power on you. Not everyone will be feeling things because uh, we take it by faith. But we're going to start with those who are, you know, the presence and the power of God is touching you. Something is happening in your body. You are, you are smelling, you are feeling, you are sensing. You are sensing. And we're gonna start with you. Would you quickly come out the front? And stand along the front, please. There should be at least 15, 20 people, I reckon, tonight. That you are, the power of God is on you. Just come quickly. Just leave where you're sitting or standing. Make your way to the front. And just come, just come about a, a meter or half a meter from the platform. Thank you, Jesus. Just come a little closer, please. Yeah, that's great come a little further forward and uh, we'll just spread out what's going to happen in a moment we're just going to start praying for these ones just come a little further forward if you wouldn't mind that's and um, and then when we've prayed for these ones we'll open the front of the church up and anyone else that would like prayer uh, you'd be welcome to pop up and receive it and uh, Matt where's Matt Matt, I'm going to get you to pray, and Pastor Don and Penny, if you want to pray. If you guys can start praying on the outsides, and Greta and I will start in the middle and work out towards you. Can we have some of the men come and stand behind, please? Can someone come and help Matt? Come on. Someone come and help Pastor Don and Penny, and Greta needs someone, and I need someone. Could you just come and be willing to just stand behind people in case the power of God comes on them mightily? And... Uh, if you got helpers. Where are you, Matt? Are oh, you down that end? Okay, cool. Yeah, just go and start down that end. Uh, can I have a helper, please? Can one of the guys come and just help me? And just, we're just going to come and soak you in the presence of the Lord. And if you do need to go any time from now on, then feel free to slip out. But if you want to stay for prayer, then please do stay for that.